This is another sports podcast. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another damn sports podcast. I am Drew Torres, here with Money Mike Gilchrist and Steve, the Oracle Dead Blaker. We are coming off one of the most successful weekends of another damn sports podcast. Not one, not two, but three teams from this show lost in very sad and heartbreaking fashion. And here we are, the energy change to what's appropriate as Money Mike. His team is coming off of probably, definitely the biggest margin loss from a number standpoint would we say most embarrassing that's up for debate and we'll talk about that a little bit more the jacksonville jaguars performed valiantly against the kansas city sheeps um but we're un- unfortunately we're unable to pull out the victory even though they had chance after chance and the buffalo bills as money mike is i'm sure is very excited to talk about laid an egg in orchard park and did not get the win for bills mafia a fan base that is Surprisingly, not taking the loss as hard as they did last year. I think it's because it wasn't as heartbreaking. It was just disappointing. But we'll go to Money Mike first. How you feeling, buddy? Rough weekend for the show. I think we're all ready to just move on to other sports such as the NBA and college basketball and such. Yeah, it was such an unfamiliar feeling in this podcast. We were so positive about our teams. They've gone so far. And now we're back to what it has been most of the time we've done on this show. Very somber, very sad. So... You know, it it feels like it's more back to normal. It's like coming back home. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's certainly an unfortunate thing. Steve was uh, mostly spared the heartbreak. His team has already lost. They've already been on the playoffs. He is a pseudo Bills fan, just like myself, though. So I'm sure he was also a little disappointed. Right, Steve? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, yeah, a little disappointed is what you could probably say out of the teams left. My two favorites that I wanted to win now that the Vikings were out were the Bengals and the Bills. So the outcome for me, I would have preferred the Bills, but now I'm full Joey B all the way. But being next to my family and friends that all wanted the Bills to win and having my sister-in-law and brother-in-law be there was pretty sad because they also invited us to the game. We ended up not going Megan and I, but thinking about them being in that stadium around all those Bills fans, that, that kind of made me a little disappointed. But as a fan of Joey B, I was happy. That dude's got ice in his veins and... Six and one is no five and one. I'm sorry, as the Bengals starting quarterback in the playoffs. Pretty cool, too. But yes, Mike. Now, now, Steve, Steve, (laughs) I I have to ask is there a little part of you, though, that is like, haha, the Bills lost because all those Bills fans that shit on you for the Vikings losing? Like, was it kind of like a nice little revenge for you? Like, ha, you guys got your comeuppets, too. (laughs) And uh, Bills fans were very vocal about the fraud thing, I will admit. Yeah, that that probably was, like, the one thing. I wouldn't say, like, because, again, I did want the Bills to win at the end of the day for my family and friends, and honestly, like, even the friends that came at it. But, like, I don't know. Like I said, them calling the Vikings a fraud thing. Obviously, we we lost the Giants, but I think it just kind of showed that no one was really getting past the Eagles in the next round. They kind of came out, like, forced to be reckoned with. I'm sure we'll talk about next. Um, I mean, maybe the 49ers can pull it out, but obviously whoever came out of the Giants Vikings game, I think I can easily admit that I don't think the Vikings would have put up much more of a fight against the Eagles, how they showed up that day. So you could call the Vikings frauds all they want, but at the end of the day, they didn't win a Super Bowl. The Bills didn't win a Super Bowl, and we have a better draft pick now. Hey, yeah. is, is it a shitty way to look at it? No, but they would have played San Francisco. Oh, yeah, you're right. I, well, actually, I think if 
would have had a better shot. I, think. I actually yeah. think the Giants or the Vikings gave it a better shot than the Cowboys gave yesterday with how bad Dak played, but we can mm. talk about that later too. But again, I'm not happy that the Bills lost. But like you said, after all the fraud talk for the Vikings, I don't know. At least I didn't give it back, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, uh, that's a good way to look at it. And before we hop into reviewing the game, shout out to Sir Burrito Bandit for the subscription and the comment. I might as well just introduce him at the beginning of every single show because he's always the man in the in the comments supporting, giving us the hype. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, his uh, his Giants uh, prediction of winning the Super Bowl did not uh, come to fruition, but we always appreciate the support. Money Mike appreciates the support as well, right, Mike? Absolutely. Love having Sir Burrito Bandit in the comments and supporting the New York Giants constantly. There you go. I can go without the Yankee support, but I'll I'll look past that for the Giants support. <laughs> you got to take what you can get, my friend. But I guess that's the perfect segue to talk here about the Jacksonville Jaguars and how they took what they were able to get, you know, and then some. Because coming into the season, I remember saying specifically, ceiling was nine, what was about eight or nine wins, and I was hoping the floor would be around six or seven. And they were able to get nine in the playoffs or in, in the regular season, get themselves to the playoffs. Uh, beat the Titans at the end of the season, in, and I was able to go to that game, which will forever be one of my favorite sports memories, if not my favorite sports memory. And then somehow had the third biggest comeback in playoff history against the Chargers in week one of the playoffs as well. So this season, regardless of what was going to happen in the Chiefs game, was going to be a success. Well, the Jaguars fell to the Chiefs 27-20 to in a game where the Jaguars had multiple chances to be able to win this game. Uh, the Chiefs were not in full form. Uh, Patrick Mahomes got hurt early. Uh, someone ended up rolling into his ankle, and he was face. He ended up having a high ankle sprain from that roll, which is going to be a storyline going into this AFC Championship game against the Bengals that we will talk about later. Um, so we ended up playing against Chad Henney for a drive, and at that point, you're like, okay, we we have a pretty good shot. And then Chad Henney ends up driving them down for a 98 yards and a touchdown. So that was one uh, chance squabbled. And then in the second half, Pat Mahomes comes back out, but he looks like he needs a peg leg. And at that point, when you're walking, watching as a Jacksonville fan and anybody who's rooting against the Chiefs, which there's a lot of people, um, you thought that Jacksonville had a good shot. Yeah, the defense was getting stops, but unfortunately the offense wasn't able to capitalize on those stops. But even so, towards the end of the game, I thought that Jacksonville had a shot because they've been pulling wins out of their ass for the last month and a half. But unfortunately, when we were driving down, down 10 points with around, I believe it was around the five-minute mark in the fourth quarter, Jamal Agnew catches a pass around the three or four-yard line in the red zone, fumbles the ball. Game's basically over at that point. Um, so it hurt. It sucked. It was great to see the Jaguars give them a good good fight. You know, and like nobody gave us a chance coming into this game. If you watched any media pundit, they're like, Oh, Jaguars are going to lose by 10 at least. You know, it was, it was going to be uh, just an absolute drubbing. And they gave him a fight. And I said this after the game, my prediction, Trevor Lawrence is going to have a huge breakout year in the second year uh, under Doug Peterson's offensive system. We're bringing in Calvin Ridley. Hopefully he's going to be Trevor Lawrence's Stephon Diggs that Josh Allen had. He's going to be the receiver that brings him to the next level. And I'm feeling good if I'm a, uh, not if I'm a Jaguars fan, as a Jaguars fan. So, uh, Steve, we'll go to you first, as you were probably the only person to watch the first half of this game. As I know, Money Mike was working, and right. surprisingly to all of these listeners, 
Uh, I was not watching the first half because I was at a pickup basketball game. So, Steve, tell us how you were feeling during the first half. Oh, you just heard it. Drew picked ball, ball, ball for life over football. <laughs> ball so is life. We know, okay. his, we know where his priorities lie. But yeah, I I was very excited. My my wife was out at a work party. I sadly had to stay home with a dog who had a little rough week this week but she's all good now so that was good but i got to stay home with the pups and watch some football on saturday night which was awesome and yeah i was really excited for your jacksonville jaguars to go into kansas city i think we all know in the podcast i picked hopefully the fact that one of your two teams would upset the the first seed in the different conferences that obviously did not happen but um i i knew that like you said, this Jacksonville team always has fought back, it seemed like, and especially on this late run they made throughout the season. So no matter how far Casey got ahead, it was just hopefully not too far that the Jacksonville could at least make it a game. And yeah, just like you, when I saw that Patrick Williams went down, obviously no one wants someone to get hurt. I think every team, and you're kidding yourself if you don't believe this as a fan, like you kind of want to see the star <laughs> starter go down in a sense just to make it easier for a team. But as another fan, like, obviously, I like Patrick Mahomes. I could live without seeing KC be as good as they are every year just because it gets a little boring. They're yeah. kind of like the new Patriots in a way. Um, more exciting than the New England Patriots. I would 100% um, agree with that, yes. Until they got Moss. <laughs> but still, at the end of the day, seeing them go to five straight AFC championships gets a little repetitive. So part of me was like, oh, all right, like Drew said, now that Mahomes is maybe not in the, coming back in this game, maybe they got a chance. But then when I saw as you already stated, Chad Henney <laughs> drive 98 yards. I was like, well, maybe I could leave this KC offense down the field. So this <laughs> yeah, maybe Pat Mahomes pretty... isn't that good. That's I, true. That's a good point, Steve. I, I'm and not saying that. that. <laughs> we're running with that. <laughs> I, I, I just think that there's a lot of weapons on this team, or uh, yes, on this KC offense that, again, I don't think Chad Henney would win a Super Bowl with Kansas City being the starting quarterback, but I still would think they're a playoff team, if I'm being honest. Their defense steps up pretty good in a lot of key spots, too. So after that point, I knew you guys still had a chance, but there was going to be a lot of things that had to go right, even at the end of the first half and obviously into the second half. And there's a few things that started going right, and obviously Mahomes didn't look like himself uh, hobbling on one leg, but... Like you said, there was kind of the sense that they could come back, but a lot of things were going to have to go right. And obviously when Agnew fumbled, that was kind of the icing on the cake. And he almost broke that kick return, though, which would have been pretty sweet to see. That's I the thing. There's so, there were so many opportunities yeah. in this game. There was drop picks. There was a huge dropped deep ball from Christian Kirk that was right mm -hmm. in his hands. And he's getting a lot of shit from Jaguars fans on Twitter for that. Uh, and he, he's really taking it as bulleted forward material. Like he's tweeting, like he's like, y'all better have the same energy next year and stuff like that. Like he's, he's taking that as a real chip on his shoulder. So hopefully he comes back next year even better. But yeah, it, it just felt like even, even though we were down for the entire game, it, on that drive where Jamal Agnew fumbled in the red zone, it really felt like if we scored a touchdown there, we were going to have a really good chance to, to win the game. Cause I felt like our defense would have been able to step up and get a stop at the end there. I mean, who knows? They, they might have not. Um, you said that there's uh, Chad Penny had a, a slew of weapons at his disposal. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is the peak of all of their weapons. Man, that dude had 14 catch catches against us. Like, that was absolutely nuts. And we kind of expected that because the Jaguars' defense was one of the worst defenses in the league against tight ends this year. So, um, 
this game was was definitely in reach and it was disappointing to see right mike yeah i mean i was disappointed for you the jags were on a pretty fun run you know from the titans win um to to win the division when no one saw it coming uh and then to have a 27 and nothing comeback against the chargers it felt like they were on like some kind of special ride there and when patrick Mahomes went down i was like man i mean sometimes you need a little luck uh I'm, I, you never want to beat somebody by hurting someone on their team but i was like man uh things might be lining up for the jags and then you know, people can shit on Chad Henney. The average NFL career is three years. He's been in the league for 14 years, and he has a Super Bowl ring. So, and that drive, you know, if he turned the ball over there, that could have really shifted the momentum of the game. He put a touchdown drive together. So, good for you, Chad Henney. Yeah. Um, but, you know, from the, from the Jaguars' perspective, I think the, the truest thing I could say about it is when uh, Trevor had his press conference afterwards, and he said, this is just the beginning of something. It's not the end. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, even though the season was ending, this is the really the beginning of, I think the Jaguars being a team that is going to be the parental winner of the AFC South, because you look at the other teams in the division, Houston's terrible, Tennessee's on a downward spiral, and Indy's on a downward spiral, and the Jaguars are rising. So I think that next year, instead of winning it in the last game of the season, I think the Jaguars will win the AFC South convincingly. Trevor's only going to get better. They're adding that. Um, they're adding another weapon uh, from the guy they acquired in the trade with Atlanta. What's his name? Um, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, thank you. Name was escaping me for the moment. Um, so yeah, I think that even though they lost, I don't think anybody, including you, Drew, saw the Jags winning the Super Bowl this year. It's not like that, that was a team that we saw, but we definitely saw a team on the rise. They had a good run. They got some playoff experience. Um, and you know, Trevor's going to go into his third year and I think he's going to have his best year yet next year. And who knows, maybe the Jags will have home field advantage in the wildcard round again, possibly, you know, have two, if they could put together some really good games, if the South is really that bad, they could be a two or three seed maybe have two games at home in the playoffs next year that you know you know certainly yeah. a possibility but just yeah. because yeah but just because you made it this year does not mean you make it next year they have to still put in the work and and do everything i mean you look at last year's playoffs versus this year's playoffs seven teams that made it last year didn't make it this year including the team that won the super bowl so you have to be able to go back and learn from the mistakes and i think they've got the coach and the quarterback to keep the culture good and in order to do that so Stunk that they lost, but they went up against a parental AFC powerhouse in Kansas City that even with a hobbled Patrick Mahomes, they were able to pull it off. So congrats to the Chiefs. But uh, I think the future is bright for your team in Jacksonville. Yeah, I think so, too. That Next season's going to be tough, though. The, the only thing that really makes me worry about next season is we're, we're going to have a tough schedule. we got to play all of the AFC division winners, which means we have to play the Chiefs, Bengals, Bills. And well, obviously we're one of them. So it, it, it's it's going to be a very very difficult schedule. But after this season, as a Jaguars fan, you have to expect to go six and zero in the AFC South. And I, I'm looking at Tennessee fans after this game. It was like it was their freaking Super Bowl, man. They were all rejoicing that we lost, and they're saying Trevor Lawrence isn't as good as he people think he is. I'm like, dude, y'all are just fucking jealous at this point. Like, like if you're really going to be saying that when you've got fucking Ryan Tannehill at the helm here, like, like you're just basically talking, like trying to speak into existence because you're belie- you really want him to not be good. But trust me, he's going to be good. But we'll, uh, we'll move on from the Jaguars and talk about the New York Giants. So money, Mike Giants lost 38 to seven. You said there were three possible outcomes last week that the Giants would get blown out, the Eagles would win close, or the Giants would win close. There was no chance in hell you said the Giants were going to blow out the Eagles. And it looked like that first scenario ended up happening. Talk us through what the fuck happened. Uh, 
And what, how do you see this Giants team moving in the future? All right, so forgive me if this runs a little long. Um, so going into this game, I was looking at the fact that the Eagles, you know, Jalen Hurts had been injured the few games before the last game of the season. He did come and play against us in the last game of the season, but we had our backups in, and the Eagles' offense kind of struggled. So it looked like the Eagles hadn't been playing their best football at the end of the year. Daniel Jones, in his last two starts before this game, had played the two best games of the season, the home game against Indy to win the division. No, I'm sorry, win the wild, clinch the wild card spot. And then you know, against Minnesota to win their first playoff game uh, since 2011. So I was thinking, okay, the Giants are clicking. A lot of their defensive starters that were missing during their first matchup against the Eagles when the Eagles blew us out at MetLife Stadium, they'll be back. Uh, Daniel Jones is, and the offense is really clicking. The Eagles have been kind of struggling. So I think the Giants are really going to surprise some people and, and win this in a close game. And the Giants had won six straight uh, playoff games against the number one seed since 1990. So there's some things that I thought that, you know, in, in, in the last two times the Giants had won a playoff game, they went on to win the Super Bowl. So us Giant fans saw them win that playoff game. We're like, all right, this is it. Another magical <laughs> run's coming up for the Giants. You know, it's the same same routine. We win the wild card round, then we go on the road to the number one seed. It's the same formula. Here we go. And so I had to kind of, I had to believe that because I wanted to believe that, right? Um, and I thought, okay, I got to see how Jalen Hurts is. Because if Jalen Hurts is looking like Jalen Hurts of MVP like this year, we might be in trouble. His first fucking throw to Devonta Smith was like a 40-yard pass, and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm in for a long night. But you know what? The, you know what? The, the thing is, is that by the time it was the second quarter, I knew the game was over. Yeah. And that kind of made it easier to cope with the fact that the game was that, – that we were going to lose. Like, I was like, okay, I have the whole – you know, you guys are really into martial arts and uh, into UFC and boxing. In boxing and in UFC, if you get a knockout punch, the fight's over. The guy's done. In football, you're dragged around the field for about three hours after you get knocked out. So that was that, that's the part that sucks. But That's, fun. that's a funny analogy, but, actually. Shout out to Jamal Hill, by the way, new light heavyweight champion. But go ahead. Yeah. But, you know, you know, again, there's no shame in losing to a team that's ultimately better than you. Philadelphia has been the best team in the NFC all season long. Jalen Hurts was the MVP this year. I don't care what who actually gets the award because he probably is going to get cheated out of it because he missed a few games, which sucks. Um, you know, Devonta Smith and AJ Brown were the two best wide receiver combo in the league. It's not even a question this year. They were the best duo out there. The Eagles defense was phenomenal all year long. Uh, Nick Sirianni embraces Philadelphia. Like he basically is the city of Philadelphia. When you look at him, like, you know, and I, I swear that slow-mo of him, like shaking his head at the camera after a touchdown, like, I'm like, ah, oh, I want to punch that guy in the head. But <laughs> that's coming from a giant fan perspective. I, I can respect the. I feel like a lot of people so. are starting to feel that way about him because they show him too much, and they're like, okay, like yeah, get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, respect to the Eagles. They they were honestly, ugh, it sickens me. They were the better team, um, and they absolutely kicked our ass. And so that's how it just how it is. There's no shame in losing to someone who's better than you. Like there's no excuses in terms of that. They were just better. The better uh, special teams, better uh, offensively, better defensively. They were the all-around better team. So there's no shame in losing to that. In terms of the Giants' uh, season this year, I'm really happy with how the Giants' season turned out. They uh, brought in a new GM and a new head coach this year that really changed the culture of, of the Giants around. I think they approached things the right way. I think that the people they brought in, in terms of who they drafted this year, really came through in big spots for the Giants all year long. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get to see all of them because some of them got had season-ending injuries, which was unfortunate. But Daniel Jones was putting a prove-it-to-us situation this year, and he really did. And I think he's going to earn uh, a contract from the New York Giants. They said in their press conference today they do want to bring him back. So 
Um, Saquon Barkley proved he can last a whole season. He played really well. He wants to stay with the Giants, and I think that he's not trying to get a huge running back contract like Le'Veon Bell was trying to do. I think he actually wants to stay with the Giants, and I think he would take a hometown discount just to stay there. At least I hope so. So I, I think the future is bright for the Giants. I, 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 you know, this was a game where I said they were playing with house money because if they lost, people were going to say, hey, they had a good year, which is true. It sucks uh, to lose and get embarrassed like that. But, hey, I, I told all my friends who were Eagles fans who were trolling me during the game and after the game, I said, hey, respect to your team. You guys, you guys beat us. And, um, yeah, I, I'm just – I am I feel really optimistic about the Giants' future, and it's not like I'm – going off of a four win season like last year. And I'm saying, Oh, I look forward to our future. I'm actually legitimately uh, looking forward to what the giants put together uh, year in and year out, because I think that we have the right culture and I think we have the right um, direction. So overall sad that it's, this runs over, but I, at least I can watch the championship weekend and the super bowl without any stress. I'm just going to sit back, relax and enjoy some football. There you go. That's all. That's a good way to look at it. And I'm excited for the cap situation for the giants as well. See what you guys do going forward to see if you can stack that roster a little bit, get some wide receivers in the, in there to really help Daniel Jones continue to get better as a quarterback on a year to year basis. But um, Steve, any final thoughts on the, the giants here? Uh, just something I saw on Twitter that I thought was funny. All the comparisons we had, Mike, of the Vikings and giants being very similar this year. The last time the Eagles went on to win a Super Bowl in 2018, the Vikings face them in the NFC championship game. I was riding high after the Minneapolis Miracle the week before, and then the Eagles blew them out 38-7 to as well. So it's, it's <laughs> weird how history repeats itself after the Giants beat the Vikings last week. I was like, damn, we probably should have read the script better that the NFL writers wrote this week because <laughs> it was right there. So 38-7. to Well, there you go. There, There's always some similarities that we can find on a year-to-year basis. What a shitty year that was, by the way, Steve. Jacksonville losing yeah. in the championship game as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't want that to was think a rough, about that. That was a rough year. I was <laughs> in Bington surrounded by probably 30 Eagles fans, and the one oh. Vikings fan I had with me left around halftime. I got beer spilled on me. I had, like, so many people surrounded me doing the fly, Eagles fly, like, around. I was like, and my girlfriend at the time was an Eagles fan, <laughs> so I couldn't really leave. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. It, it was not fun. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a terrible experience. Uh, speaking of terrible experience, I remember I actually wasn't watching the Giants-Eagles game uh, until I think Nick was texting the group talking about just like how bad it started. So I was like, okay, I'll turn it on for a second. And the Giants had the ball, and then uh, Daniel Jones threw a pick, uh, <laughs> which basically just sealed the deal. At that point, I was like, all right, I'm just going to turn this off because I know Money Mike is not having a good time. And Nick, I know you didn't have a great time this past weekend, but uh, any thoughts on the on this matchup between the Giants and Eagles before we hop into your team's game? Uh, I think we were, like, the whole world was hoping that the Giants could do something. But, I mean, the Eagles were the best team in the NFC all year. So we shouldn't be that surprised that right. a surprise – like a surprise Giants team didn't do something miraculous, right? It would have been miraculous if they were to have put put the Eagles down after, you know, the seasons that, that they've had. So I guess in hindsight, it's not that surprising. It, it is interesting, though, just how many people were on the Giants bandwagon going into that game. Yeah. I mean, we I, we all were a little bit, but yeah. we, we definitely weren't alone. Um, so the Giants definitely deserved, you know, 
to be recognized for what they did this year, but I think uh, it's pretty obvious that the team with the better weapons and right now the better players and a lot of key positions um, did what they were supposed to do at home. And uh, I think it's exciting that the two best teams in the NFC are the two teams left. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. A, and, 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 and also like, uh, one final thought for me, Drew, on this is that losing 38 to seven is a surprisingly easier to take than if the Giants had lost like 38, 35, and like I look back at all the little mistakes they made and think, oh, if they did this and they did this, then they could have won, and then you know who knows what would have. I, I don't have to play the what if game. We got our asses beat. You know, that's it. <laughs> Going home. Yeah. That's that's it. that's how it go. That you know, that's so much easier to take than a heartbreaker than a heartbreaker. So again, it, it, as much as I hate losing to Philadelphia of all teams, I mean, I should be used to the giants losing to Philadelphia because we haven't won at Philadelphia in 10 years. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a tough pill to swallow. Eagles locked the door and threw away the key on the giants season. And unfortunately the Bengals did the same to the bills this last weekend as the bills fell to the Cincinnati Bengals in orchard park, 27 to 10. Uh, a lot of people thought that the, the Damar Hamlin being there in the stadium was going to be able to kind of will this Bills team to play their best ball, show up against Joey Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals team. But unfortunately, both sides of the ball for the Buffalo Bills uh, did not show up to play this game. There was a lot of mistakes made on the defensive side side of the ball. No, no pressure was able to be had on this depleted Cincinnati Bengals offensive line, and the Bills offensive line just seemed to not really hold up in a situation where surprisingly everybody thought the Bengals offensive line was going to be the one struggling, but it was actually the other way around. And once this game got out of hand, the bills tried to pull out their trap card, you know, run the ball with Josh. Let's put it in Josh's hand, let him make the plays. And unfortunately that wasn't enough. We'll start here with uh, the uh, resident bills fan or bills correspondent, Nick Padula. Now that you've had uh, over a day now to kind of digest this, how are we feeling? I actually didn't need, yeah. you know, a full day to digest this one. I, similar to what Mike was saying, it's it, it's a little bit easier to digest when you just get dragged out behind the woodshed and get a good old-fashioned ass whooping. <laughs> yeah, that's what that was from beginning to end. Yeah. Like, just no chance whatsoever from the very beginning of the game. is It, it was shocking to see. I mean... Bills lost three games this year by a combined eight points. And then they just got whooped on the home field, in the snow, all the things that are supposed to give you advantage. And they just, like, never showed up on either side of the ball. It's not like, oh, our defense couldn't stop their stop their offense, but their defense couldn't stop us like that Chiefs game last year where it was just like whoever had the ball last was going to win. Bills couldn't move the ball on offense, and they couldn't do anything on defense. I, I mean, it feels like the Bengals looked a lot like we were gotten used to seeing the Chiefs in the playoffs, just wide open, with like running dudes running wide open with nobody within ten, like a ten yard bubble of them. And it's like, could the Bills get like one or two of those in a game? They got none, like zero. You it think was, that's because of the offensive scheme, Nick? You think that's part of it, like? I I wish I knew what happened in this one. It it doesn't make sense. Um, You know, we can talk about the injuries on defense, 
Mm-hmm. Um, Bills being without Micah Hyde and Von Miller for this specific game makes a big difference. They were also without their best run stopper, Daquan Jones, who played every single game this year for them, except for yesterday, except for the game against the Bengals. And boy, did that make a difference. I mean, the Bengals haven't run the ball on anybody this year, and they looked like one of the top rushing offenses in the league in this game against Buffalo. And that's on defense. On offense, I I wish I knew. It's like the guys who they kept saying they would have advantages against, basically the corners, like Cam Taylor Britt and Eli Apple, they're the ones that were making plays. And the, the offensive line for the Bills couldn't even give Josh time to find guys, let alone, um, you know, make something special happen or break out for a big run or any of that. Um, it doesn't feel like they did any, they tried to do anything different than they've been trying to do all year. I think it's, it's, it's really making me wonder what that original Cincinnati Bengals bill Buffalo bills game would have been like, like maybe it would have been a, a good old fashioned ass whooping then too. Um, I will say that, the conditions on the field seem to be affecting the Bills specifically, um, just not being able to get good footing. They kept being like a step or two late on defense. And you could see on the replays that the guy's feet were not gripping the ground well, um, but it didn't seem to affect the Bengals. So it's like home field <laughs> advantage for this team was not a thing. If anything, it was working directly against them. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was, it's no it's no single one thing, I don't think. So people like all day today talking about, is it bigger that Joe Burrow won or Josh Allen lost? And I'm like, did either guy make any sort of like significant impression on you guys on why that game was won or lost? Because to me, it was about the whole picture. It wasn't so much Josh having a bad game or Joe having a good game. Neither guy did anything spectacularly good or bad to me. It was the whole field of play with all three phases. The Bills just got dominated by the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, you have to get, so I I think that's the perfect segue here. I was going to send it over to Steve. Um, I think you have to give Joe Burrow his props. Like I, like I, he looked fantastic in this game. I know it was easy for him, right? Because the defensive line wasn't able to generate any pressure. So he's basically just able to stand back there and work his magic. Um, But I mean, just the fact that the man has been able to do so well against the class of the AFC. I think that's what really, really shows that he's he's up there. He, he could be the best in the AFC at this point. I mean, he, he's outplayed Patrick Mahomes every time he's played against the Chiefs. And obviously, this is a small sample size against the Bills. But at this point, Joey Burrow might be the, the guy that people need to be, especially if the, the Bengals end up winning this next matchup. Right, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I was probably going to reiterate exactly what you said, Drew. I mean, obviously, the stat line shows he didn't have, like, a career game against the Bills, but... Honestly, for Joe Burrow, it must just be so nice for one game at least to not have a pocket close on you in under like a half second with an (laughs) atrocious offensive line. How many times, especially not, I guess this year, they've gotten a lot better, the Cincinnati offensive line. But in years past, especially with injuries that still seem to plague them, even though this game was a little different, that we've seen Joe Burrow have to just run for his life in a scramble and just make a play downfield. But... Yeah, I, I think Drew said it before in a, last week and then in a text message. I think just the Bengals' offensive line is honestly probably the MVP of this game. 
uh, just giving Joe Burrow enough time to actually make those plays. And I, I guess in the snow, have those wide receivers or tight ends for Cincinnati get out to, like Nick said, such a wide open route. Um, if they, if Josh had that time, who knows if things would have been a little bit different because we saw that the Bills offensive line just was not holding up against Cincinnati's D-line. There was just too much pressure on Josh for most of the game. And yeah, I, I'm not saying that entirely was the sole reason why the game had that outcome. But I think that Cincinnati's offensive line, especially with injuries, is the real MVP of that game that probably not a ton of people are talking about. So like I said, I mean, if you give any NFL quarterback that much time in the pocket, even in the snow, they're going to make some good plays. And I mean, we've like I said, we've seen Joe Burrow do crazier things while he's running away from five defenders <laughs> before. So give him enough time and I think he's going to do pretty well. Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and and I know Joe Joe Burrow's your guy. That's why I kind of wanted to go to you first before I went to Money Mike here, as uh, Money Mike I'm sure is just loving this situation as the resident Bills hater for some reason. I know Nick is shaking his head. He's like this son of a bitch. All right, Money Mike, the floor is yours. What are your thoughts on this game? Do you like the Cincinnati Bengals going forward? I, I do like Cincinnati's chances in the AFC Championship for sure, especially with a hobbled Patrick Mahomes. I mean, like the fact that they beat him last year and Patrick Mahomes was perfectly healthy. Like, I, I think the Cincinnati Bengals are a team that might be favored on the road. They probably won't get favored on the road, but they probably it's should. It's close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree with the Knicks' first statement about this game. It was an all-around, you know, ass-whooping by the Cincinnati Bengals over the Bills. I mean, Mixon had 105 yards, averaged five yards a carry. When you have that ability to run the ball like that, uh, especially in a bad weather game, it's a big advantage. And Joe Burrow uh, played really well enough uh, to, you know, get them out to a 14 nothing lead. And really this game never felt like the Bills had a chance from the moment it started. It felt like Cincinnati was in control the whole time and they just maintained that. Um, so it was just, you know, it was unfortunate for Bills fans. You know, I know the Bills fans like to think that in their stadium, especially if it's snowing, that this is the for the Bills. But I had said earlier on in the year, I said, I don't think this Bills team is really built to win in the cold weather. I think that they uh, don't have a strong enough run game. Uh, and I don't think that, um, you know, the defense had some holes in it this year. Unfortunately, with Von Miller going down, that really, since he went down, they really were a different defense. So it was just something that I, um, I just never really believed in the Buffalo Bills for that reason. I didn't believe in them for the reason because they're the Bills. But <laughs> no, I mean, they they really have a good thing going in the last, you know, five of the last six years, they've made the playoffs. Um, one of the years they made the AFC Championship game. So they they're building consistency, which is good but they're not consistent with getting it done in the playoffs when it matters the most. Um, so I don't know what changes that they're going to make this offseason, but what I, I think they should do is uh, address the offensive line, address the running back situation. I think they need to add some weapons uh, in their secondary. Um, and I think they need another receiver to go alongside Diggs. Uh, that's why I think the Odell Beckham rumors were so large because they really need that other weapon alongside because I don't think that other than Diggs, I don't think anybody's as reliable. I mean, yeah, Knox is a good tight end, but uh, Davis had, what, bricks for hands a lot of the times. Fans were getting on him for that. So, um, yeah, I just think that, you know, people were really heavy on the Buffalo Bills at the start of the year. Um, but if you really look at the Bills, I mean, you can't help who's in front of you, but the 13 wins the Bills had this year, 11 of those 13 wins were against teams that didn't even make the playoffs. So, you know, I, I don't really think that they were nearly tested as much as they probably could have to prepare for the playoffs. And so when they played a team like Cincinnati, I think not playing them the first full time around really ended up hurting because you could have looked on film and see what Cincinnati was doing well, because 
in that first quarter from what we did see in that game at Cincinnati on Monday Night Football, the Bengals were moving the ball with the ease like they were in this game. So maybe the Bills could have picked something up if the game had played out on film and addressed it in this game and given themselves a little bit of a better chance. But I just think all around Cincinnati's just the better team. And the Bengals and the Bills had kind of an opposite start to the year. The Bills came out hot. The Bengals really struggled. And the Bills started to kind of descend downward and the Bengals ascended upward. So they met at the wrong time. And it just, it is what it is. So for Bills fans that really want to know why their team lost and what can they do differently, they've got some things they've got to do because right now, I mean, the Chiefs have made five straight AFC championships. The Bengals have made two straight and possibly two straight Super Bowl appearances. So if the Bills want to ascend to that next level, they have to figure out a way that they can beat both of those teams when it matters the most. Yeah, absolutely. And I know this is uh, a lot of people that listen to this podcast are Bills fans. So I've, I'm guessing our listen count is going to be low this week. They're, they're probably not going to want to listen to Money Mike talk about the Bills. Um, so we'll bring it back to Nick nasty. here. I, I wasn't nasty there, was I? You were not. No, you were very realistic. You were. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I'm sure Nick does as well. But uh, this is going to be a heavy Buffalo Bills conversation because we talked about the Jags and Giants. We talk about them all the time on the show. Um, we're feeling good about them going forward you know they're, they're both trending in a really good direction we've talked about it ad nauseum that they have the right pieces in place and we're feeling good the bills organization it seems like for bills fans there, there are some people that are just frustrated i mean obviously like you said they've been making the playoffs every single year they they've, they had super bowl aspirations every single year and they just seem to keep falling short so nick let me ask you this is it what what is it that's that's holding this team back is it the coaching is, is it josh is it the lack of pieces in the receiving room i mean obviously uh the issues here with stefan Diggs getting all pissed off i'm curious to see what's going to happen with that probably nothing it's probably just being pissed and it's fair like it's fair to be pissed um but what do you think it is with the bills and what do they need to do uh honestly i i think the best way i found to reflect on this is to think about how last season ended in the divisional round against Kansas City, and what were all the questions that were being asked then? Um, you know, why the Bills' running game isn't good enough. Their defense, top defense all, all year, doesn't show up in big games. Not able to generate an, a good enough pass rush. Uh, who are the weapons outside of Stephon Diggs? I feel like we're asking the same questions this year, unfortunately, because of a lot of, you know, the Bills went to their credit, went out in the offseason and tried to make moves. They signed Bond Miller. You know, they, they drafted a couple a couple rookie receivers. They draft James Cook to to try and, you know, do something with this running game. I think and, you guys are set at running back, by the way. I think he's gonna be really good, honestly. He's, yeah, he's just he was just I, a rookie. I agree. Like yeah. I agree. So we saw improvements in all areas, all of those areas at different times in the season. It just was really unfortunate to not be able to even really like put your best team out there to show those improvements in the playoffs. You know, it's you're not being full strength, especially with the guy, like especially Von Miller, the biggest guy you went out and signed, not having him in these games. I think even just if all we do next year is play the exact same guys with the exact same scheme, which obviously will change and develop, but and we have our guys healthy, I think that gives you a significantly improved chance. The Bills probably get the one seed without without Von Miller, without squandering a terrible loss to the Vikings, without squandering a terrible loss to, to the to the Jets, without squandering a terrible loss to, to the Miami Dolphins, all under one score games. Like 
that the little things that make a difference, um, you know, are, are huge in, in those tight games that, I mean, if you watch those ones back, you, you can see how close the margins are. Um, this one yesterday, it, it, it was it was just surprising to me how many deja vu feelings I was having. You know, how many views of this prevent defense, like just like nowhere even close to putting pressure. It reminds me of the Kansas City stuff last year. So I really think there's a defensive philosophy under pressure that needs a significant shakeup. I have the most um, respect for Leslie Frazier and what he's done to this for this defense. And like the scheme is really strong. But I would not be upset to see the Bills part ways with him and bring in somebody with some fucking balls. Like, <laughs> like dial it up, you know? Like, where yeah. was his defense yesterday? I don't understand. Um, but doesn't McDermott it, have some say in that? I mean, he's a defensive guy, right? It really feels like for all of the stuff we talk about this coaching staff, including Sean McDermott, and how much we love them, and I hope I would be I would sign up for a life a lifelong contract for Sean McDermott to be the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. Don't get me wrong, but something about the way these big games have gone, it just makes me feel like these guys are frozen. Like nobody knows what to do. No one's been there before. They make all the wrong calls and all the wrong decisions. It's like. I didn't recognize the football team I watched yesterday. They didn't yeah. play a single game like that this season. Especially on defense. It, it was, yeah, it just felt like it was a different team. You're right. Yeah. They haven't played a game like this. I, I know that, like, you could say same old Bills. I mean, we've seen it in previous years for sure. There's always at least one game where they get embarrassed for no reason. That shit didn't happen this year. They didn't get embarrassed by anybody um, until until this game yesterday. So, um, you know, I really hope, you know, they can get their guys through next season for sure, but they need to go out and pick up another wide receiver. They need a second wide receiver, just as good as Stefan Diggs or, or at least close. I mean, if let's say use Odell Beckham Jr. As an example, I mean, who knows what actually happened there, but it's not like he didn't sign with the bills and he went and signed somewhere else. He didn't sign with anybody. Um, maybe he wasn't even healthy enough to play. He still could be signed by the Buffalo Bills and play next year for all we know. Um, that, that sort of move makes a big difference. I think I like some of the new guys they brought in. I like Gabe Davis, but he clearly wasn't good enough this year too. And and they gotta incorporate Stefan or um, Dawson Knox and James Cook more if they're gonna invest I draft picks in significant contracts into these guys into these guys. Dawson Knox is was so overpaid for his value this year, right? I mean, and I don't know that you can blame yeah. him though. They no, weren't really right. like, yeah. using him the ball. They weren't. He, using he was the ball. balling out at the end of the year. So. I mean, yeah, let me ask you. He had five. He had five straight games with touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you guys this though. There's a lot of I was talking about the coaching. There's a lot of talk out there about how with today's NFL, the way the rules are with, to favor the offenses that you really need an offensive minded head coach to run your team. And you look at the last two years, the last four teams to make the conference championship, all led by offensive minded head coaches. You look at four of the last five Super Bowl champions, aside from Bill Belichick, every head coach of the Super Bowl champion was an offensive minded guy, just because that's the way that kind of the NFL has kind of moved over the years. So I know that Sean McDermott has been great for the bills. They've won again. They've since he's taken over, they've made the playoffs pretty much every year, aside from one year where they went six and 10, but and I think that was Josh Allen's rookie year. But do you think they need to get a, either an offensive-minded head coach or do you think they just need to get Dorsey out of there and get a really strong offensive coordinator? Because a lot of times it's who's 
who the guy is and how they relate to the team. And I think Sean McDermott proved with the DeMar Hamlin situation, he's the right guy for the city of Buffalo and for these players. But I think they need somebody better than Ken Dorsey for offensive coordinator uh, and someone who can do what Brian Dayball did for Josh Allen and help him clean up the turnovers. Because you saw with, with Dayball, uh, Josh Allen's turnovers went down. And as soon as Dayball left, they went back up. And you saw what Brian Dayball did with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, I can tell you, was a turnover machine. He fumbled the ball almost every single game at least once, threw at least a pick every other game, if not multiple in the game. And this year he threw five interceptions and only fumbled the ball like twice. So there's something to be said about, you know, having the right guys in your ear. And I think that Josh especially needs at least a new offensive coordinator, but maybe an offensive mind and head coach. Hey, Maybe they could land Sean Payton. <laughs> I would trade Sean Payton for Sean McDermott. That's all pretty good storytelling, Mike, but I honestly don't buy into any of that nonsense about Brian Dayball doing anything for either quarterback. I mean, let's be honest. If you look at the stats, Josh Allen did not have a statistically more turnover-prone year this year. It feels like that, but it's not true. He has almost the same statistics as Patrick Mahomes did this year and as he did last year when it comes to turnovers per throw. And and also we've talked about how Mike Kafka is the offensive coordinator in New York, not Brian Dayball. So how much did Brian Dayball do to change Daniel Jones? I don't know about that either. Josh Allen loves Ken Dorsey. Like that's the simplest way of saying it. And so unless you're like telling Josh that he no longer has like the voice in the organization that they li- they pretty obviously gave him by by agreeing to to let you know the offensive coordinator just naturally move to Ken Dorsey before this season in the first place as Josh Allen requested. Um, and it's only year one of this guy ever even being an offensive coordinator in the first place. And like I said previously when we were talking about like the moves that they made this year. The Bills' offense was better this year than it was last year in almost every aspect of the game. Um, they had more big plays. They ran the ball better. Their offensive line was a lot better. So I think I think the the offensive – they're not going to change their offensive coordinator. I would be shocked. And Ken Dorsey is also not getting a head coaching job. I promise you that. I can't believe he was getting that. interviews, to be honest. I was like, man, the dude is an OC for one year. He's getting a head coaching jobs uh, interviews too. It's, it's weird. Like, yeah, yeah. it's one year. Like yeah. <laughs> build a resume boys. They like Ken Dorsey. Um, yeah. And if he's getting head, head coaching interviews and at least somebody out there in the league thinks he could be that offensive minded head coach somewhere. Um, so I agree I with know. the notion that it was his first year, right? I mean, it's going to take some time. It, it just sucks because you guys are in a, we need to win now. We need to win a Super Bowl yeah. now situation yeah, and right? they know that this this yeah. makes 13 this makes 13 seconds last year hurt more yeah. in hindsight because i said it then i mean all these teams around you are making moves every year too the bengals are better this year than they were last year their hobbled offensive line is much better than the hobbled offensive line they had <laughs> in the super bowl last year they went to the super bowl with a worse offensive line so like they're better they have their their young quarterback, their young receivers. They're all a year more experienced. Like this stuff is happening around you. Your window is only so much controlled by you, and it's a lot dependent on the teams around you too. And last year, like not being able to get that home game against the Bengals for the AFC Championship game, which who knows how it would have gone um, last year. It's just like we we thought it would have been so simple for them if they had beaten Kansas city in that game to beat the Bengals at home, to go to the super bowl and beat whichever team showed up. 
Um, and it still feels like that's probably the best chance on paper they might ever see. You know, and who knows if, if this goes differently this year and DeMar Hamlin doesn't go down on the field. You know, in and, and a normal weather conditions game in Baltimore, maybe the Bills offense comes to play and, and they put up enough points to win. And the Bills are the one seed, and all they have to do is come out of a bye at home and beat the Jacksonville Jaguars to go to the AFC Championship game. So I don't really buy into the Chiefs being significantly better than the Bills right now. Um, we'll see how this game goes against against the Cincinnati Bengals. After watching the way the the Chiefs have played literally all season, not dominating anybody ever once, like losing to the Colts and beating everybody that they beat by like seven points maybe, um, including the Jaguars in, the, in that game. And then watching the way Cincinnati just put a drubbing on Buffalo. I mean, literally if that game between Cincinnati and Kansas City is even just close, um, I feel like Cincinnati is by far the, the, the stronger team. I really think they should beat the Chiefs a fourth straight time. So that they got problems. The Bills got problems because they're like consistently in that in that top tier conversation. But they got, got they got teams that are making moves and doing things better than they are right now. So um, Cincinnati looks to me like the team to beat. And the Chiefs still haven't like thoroughly been dethroned, though. If Cincinnati beats them for a fourth straight time, the, the world's going to be talking about the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC next year, not the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, yeah, true. It, Drew, Drew, I say it in kind of a jovial in a jovial way, but it is it's kind of true. Bad things just seem to always happen to the Buffalo Bills, whether it goes back to the 90s when they you know, you had wide right happen and then you lost three, uh, four straight Super Bowls. Uh, you had the Music City Miracle against the Tennessee Titans. You had 13 seconds against Kansas City. And then you have Von Miller go down, DeMar Hamlin almost die. Um, and, you know, this it, it just seems like like time after time, the Bills just keep getting let down after let down after yeah. let down after let down. It's just going to make that win that much better, Mike. That's all it's going to be. Bill, 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 the Bill, Bill, you know, here's an analogy for you. The Bill, Bills Mafia is like the Hebrews in the movie The Prince of Egypt praying for someone to deliver them to the promised land. And they think that Josh Allen is their Moses and that he's going to be the one who delivers them. And and again, I think Josh Allen's a great quarterback. He's definitely one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the league, but he has to clean up the turnovers. And I think that if they give a stronger running game for him, a more consistent running game yeah. for him, it takes a little bit of the pressure off of him to feel like Superman all the time, because I think a lot of times he makes dumb mistakes because he probably feels like I have to make something happen or we don't win. And if he doesn't feel that way, maybe he doesn't turn the ball over so much. And instead of getting the amazing plays of Josh Allen and then the, oh, God, Josh, what did you just do? It's going to be only the amazing plays that Josh Allen makes. And that could really make a huge difference for the Buffalo Bills going forward. So I think that they have the right quarterback. I I was, you know, pondering the question about the the coaching in terms of an offensive-minded head coach. But I think Sean McDermott is the right guy for the Bills, for the city of Buffalo. Um, It's just a they just have to make some moves in order to get themselves to that next level. They've, they've gone from the team that we all knew growing up where they were seven and nine, five and 11, six and 10, eight and eight. Like that's who they were for years. They finally broke through and, and stopped losing uh, and not making the playoffs after a 17 year drought. And now they've made it five of the last six years. So they're, they're showing they can make the playoffs. Now they have to get to that next step. Not just making the playoffs though. It's three straight division titles three straight divisional round appearances, one of which right. being the AFC championship. Like they're, they're not just like 
Cincinnati Bengals were for years, make, making the playoffs, not winning a game. You know, they're they're clearly like in that contender, that contender group, right? I know you can tier within the contenders, like like the Minnesota Vikings are contenders too. But we agreed that they were, there's something missing from their squad, and and the Bills, I think, are in a better position situation simply because I like the Bills, Josh with Josh Allen versus you know Kirk Cousins being the quarterback in in Minnesota. But you you gotta find the ways to make up those little gaps that you find. You know the Bills have been so focused on Kansas City, and now they they gotta look at this Bengals team now and be like, okay, well, how do we make sure that doesn't happen again? Um, so yeah, I, it's 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 definitely unfortunate. The the most unfortunate part. I'm wearing this shirt. I don't know if you guys can read it. It's yeah, backwards yeah. On it. I I plan to wear this wear this today. It's the saddest part <laughs> is the way the DeMar Hamlin story ends for this season, right? The Cincinnati Bills game never gets played. He, he wakes up from his coma and he says, did we win? And the, the National I wasn't going to make a joke about it until you did, because I thought it was hilarious that you wore that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to be self-aware enough, right? Yeah, the answer is resoundingly no. no. And so, like, when they make the movie about Damar Hamlin and there's, like, all this feel-good music, there's a montage in the background, and it says, did we win? And they show the montage of, of the this big Rudy. playoff game in the snow, Rudy. and the answer Rudy. just goes, Rudy. no. <laughs> Sit your ass on the bench, white boy. Yeah, yeah. playing for Notre Dame. <laughs> I'm like so glad I didn't go to the game in hindsight. Oh because yeah, that would I was actually really sad. upset. I was really upset that I couldn't. Uh, I really wanted to, and like I just couldn't. With stuff going on at home and stuff like I trust me. I asked Rachel way too many times to let me. <laughs> yeah, it's tough when you got the kid. I get it. In hindsight, nope. I was like, holy shit, I don't know if I would have been able to do that. Like, how sad was it for those fans? All right, all right let, like, let's let Steve quiet. talk real quick here. Steve, Steve's been quiet for a while here. What's oh, up? All right. <laughs> so I've been kind of contemplating this question, obviously even just when the Vikings went out too. Um, this Not a full tangent, but would you guys trade? I mean, I love the Vikings. I do love, like, Drew said being a pseudo Bills fan, watching these players we love. Would you guys trade one really great season like the Rams had, win that Super Bowl, but then you probably know the next, I don't know, what do we give the Rams until they're playoff contenders again? I mean, anything can happen where like a Cincinnati type turnaround can happen, but like, would you rather as a fan what I've contemplated this. I, I mean, I think you've got to take the Super Bowl, but there's something really nice like Mike and Drew said about like, like, we know the Bills are going to be in the playoffs next year. I mean, I'd be surprised if they're not the very least a wild card team. But like you said, is that there's obviously a key factor still missing, and they need to try to get that to get that Super Bowl win. But I would literally clean house in the Vikings. I don't care who is left. Get rid of the Jets. Everybody, if, like, you could guarantee a Super Bowl win, but then you'd be shitty for 10 years. But it is a legit question. Like Mike can what, answer that question. He experienced it, it with the Giants, right? Twice. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you, Steve, you want the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, no, I'm I saying you, you had the team win the Super Bowl and then you, you didn't see it again for 10, then be good for 10 years, right? After that. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Um, and, and you can know, answer I, the question. I, I still love my team, but I have the, here's the thing. I still love my team, <laughs> but I have the memory of that fun, those two fun playoff runs and those two Super Bowl titles. Mm. It's, 
it's absolutely exhilarating because you put so much emotional care into watching these games. You spend hours of your life watching this shit. And so for when the team finally wins, it's like, you know, you're on this high, you go buy your championship gear and it's just like, you have the pride of the fact that they won and you can carry that with you forever. Like I, I'll always carry the fact that the giants won the super bowl twice over the Patriots. And you still rewatch the DVDs to this day, right? (laughs) I, I have the 2000s. I don't have the 2011 run on DVD, but I do have the 2007. And yes, I have rewatched it. It's 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 so much fun. But, but it's it's yeah. No, you want the ultimate goal is to win a Super Bowl, and it's something that um, you want to see happen. It's it's great when it does happen. Um, I've I've been fortunate to see the Giants win two Super Bowls. I've seen the Red Sox win four World Series. I've seen the Celtics win an NBA title. Um, it's just it's it's Spoiled it's, it's exactly when you win. You spoiled bastard, you son of a bitch. Well, you, you want to talk about spoiled, Drew. In 2007, 2008, I saw them all win the same year. So yeah, That's ridiculous. I have SU basketball. Yeah. Literally, yeah. You know, that's what I, I have. I was eight years like old. Like, yeah. That's how Mike yeah. has gotten through the last 10 years, though, is talking trash about those two Super Bowls that the Giants won. That's true. And, like, like, just – Think like it's what Yankees fans do every time they get kicked out of the playoffs. Now they're like, "But we won 27 World Champions in the last <laughs> playoffs." I, I bring it up because <laughs> it, it, on Twitter I saw like obviously like we all know like Nick said the the core group is going to be there for the Bills. They're going to try to bring in a couple of key spots that they need, but obviously like the core group on offense and defense is going to be there next year for the most part. Obviously there could be some changes the offseason you never know but i saw people talking about like some crazy shit like oh Diggs is throwing a fit get him out of here i'm like and, and then like someone in the comments is like he is a bills he is a bills mafia guy he's that and i'm like but i'm not saying do it because i love Diggs enough he's one of my favorite players but like do you really care that much unless it gets you to a super bowl like i love Diggs to death but if you could guarantee me like Diggs will never play in the nfl ever again not even on a team but the bills win the super bowl I'm like you don't care about a player that much. You just want to see the team win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Obviously, you want it to be a Josh Allen-led team. I don't know. It just got my brain working. I was like, would I trade house on every Viking I know, even Justin Jefferson? They were like, you will win a Super Bowl next year with Brock Purdy Rams? 2.0. I'm like, yeah, Rams? fuck him. Get him out of there. Get him out of there. I'm a little sick and sad that Nick compared me to a Yankees fan. That's kind of uh, <laughs> kind of beating me it's down true, right now. Though. It's the same thing. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't care if we didn't win this year or any year in the last decade. We won 26 before I was born. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> it's not quite the same. It's not quite the same because I, I still pissed the Giants didn't win. I just I, – I, I, when we're talking about Super Bowls, like would you rather your team win a Super Bowl or not, I can tell you from the fact that I've seen them win that it's, it's great when they do. So like that's all I was saying. Yeah. But. No, I totally totally agree with that and so like the rams went they were like the most dramatic example of this i think because they literally were like all right if we don't win it this year we're in trouble next year one yeah. way or the other. <laughs> like, I, I mean it's funny it's funny in hindsight how many people like picked the rams to repeat this year before the season mm-hmm. and how like catastrophically off the cliff their season went this year well, um nick do you remember what you got to go out. You got to go make the moves. You got to go sign the Chris Sale or whatever. You know, you have to make make the move um, to to put your team over the top when you know that your window is going to be open this year. So I would be fine with them over leveraging in the moment. Like, okay, this year they're fourteen and three again. Next year, or whatever. Um, you know, obviously that's only seventeen games, but hopefully that never happens. So, so do you bring in Odell? Do you think I, I would? I would. 
I, I would bring in Odell if they can. He's not going to Buffalo. He's not going to Buffalo. They really want to do it organically, so they don't want to make that over-leveraging acquisition ahead of time. I think they'd be more willing to do it in season, in the moment, like at the trade deadline, um, especially now having been three straight years of of boot, booted out of the playoffs before they were really felt that they should have been. Um, you know, the Fuck pressure it, sign Lamar to- Jackson. We're bringing Lamar Jackson to Buffalo. Let's go. We'll have like a Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick dual threat. Yeah. Dual <laughs> have Lamar Jackson. But honestly, though, <laughs> that'd be pretty dope. That'd be Dude, awesome. Like, can you can you imagine a bootleg Lamar? But like, maybe you pop toss to Josh to throw it down the field. Hell yeah. He's got a few touchdowns in his day. So. Yeah, definitely. But all right, yeah. we'll uh we'll move on Did here we just from break the Bills. The NFL. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> guys, we said this every year since I've been watching football. Um, which is, except for Steve, a few years young, longer than you guys. We say it every year. Maybe next year. Maybe, maybe there's always <laughs> next year. But sticking with this year very quickly, Nick, we'll we'll have you uh, give us your take here, and then we'll let you go. The Super Bowl. Obviously, we know what the matchups are for the NFL championship games this weekend. Who do you think is going to win those games, and who do you think is going to win it all? Give us your prediction. Yeah, so I kind of told you guys um, my picks already offline. I I really just was thoroughly impressed by what Cincinnati just did, and I have not been impressed by the Chiefs. And maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to go beat the Chiefs again. I really just think they're the better team right now. Um, You know, prove me wrong, Kansas City, but I really don't think they're the team anymore. Cincinnati damn sure looked like it to me. Um, and on the other side, the Eagles, I think for all of the things they did screwing around at the end of the season, and maybe that was just their MVP uh, caliber quarterback um, being hurt, um, they looked like the best team in the NFC again in that game against the Giants. And I, I know that the, that the 49ers haven't lost with, with Purdy. Um, they didn't do it pretty, though. They didn't do it very Purdy against the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> So, again, to me, it's it's about what have you done for me lately, especially in the playoffs. The Eagles look to me like the more dominating team, um, and I expect them to beat the 49ers and go to the Super Bowl. So I'm, I'm seeing Eagles, Eagles-Bengals, and um, I've liked the AFC more than the NFC all year because of the battle-tested-ness of being able to get through that gauntlet of the AFC playoffs. Not, you know, no, no disrespect, but the way the NFC has played off, Whoever wins this game between San Francisco and Philly will have earned their spot in, in the Super Bowl. Um, I just give the edge to Cincinnati, and, and it's probably a lot of that is recency bias being a Bills fan, um, trying to make myself feel better about getting drubbed by them, but I really just think they're that good. And, you know, they got some they got unfinished business from their um, almost Super Bowl win last year. So I think those guys are hungry for it, and I do like Joe Burrow, and, and – I know it, it sucks to lose to a guy that just seems better, but I think they're just better. Uh, I give them the edge. I think Cincinnati's going to win the Super Bowl this year. That's my pick. All righty. Nick giving us his picks for the upcoming Super Bowl. Very exciting matchup of Cincinnati and uh, Philly. And end up making it. Thank you so much throughout this entire season, Nick, for giving us all of your thoughts on the NFL, all of your thoughts on the Bills. It's always fun to have you. We really appreciate it. We'll, we'll bring you back on for some college basketball to talk soon. Uh, but Enjoy, uh, I guess, try to enjoy the rest of the football season as much as possible. My yeah, friend. All right. no matter what, go Bills. It's a mantra. Hell we'll yeah. Back. There we go. All right, thanks, Nick. Have a good one.
Dinner. All right. Did so we win. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wasn't going to, because I knew that shirt was for Damar Hamlin, so I wasn't going to say anything until yeah. he said something. But... If the Bills fan could say it. Uh, a, a fun yeah. Cincinnati fact, bro. <laughs> A fun Cincinnati fact real quick. Uh, the uh, Bengals, from 1968 to 2020, as a franchise, won five playoff games. And Joe Burrow now has five playoff wins in the last two seasons. So, good Joe for Cincinnati. Cool, that, that horrible history. Joe Cool is cool. He, he does have the it factor. Like, he had yeah. it in at LSU, wow. obviously. It's, I mean, obviously there's talent, but, like, we've all seen throughout sports, not just football. Like there is that it factor that you can't explain. And like, he definitely has it, whether they win the Super Bowl or not this year. It's, it's wild. Yeah. Let it's... me ask you, let me ask you guys this as, as two teams that are in the club of having never won a Super Bowl, the Bengals are the only team left that are in that club with you guys. If they get it, that means they're out of it. Do, is it, do you root for them for that reason? Or do you root against them for that reason? I don't give a shit about that. Like <laughs> go, go get your chip. You know, they deserve it. Okay. Like even okay. if it was the Lions that was that was there, I I would want to see the Lions get get the chip even in the same division, be the only one besides the Vikings in our division that haven't won one. I I don't know. Kind of there's something nice about seeing it too, because then that means it can happen for us too. Yeah. <laughs> maybe well, maybe someday. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See, Kristen agrees with you in the in the comments section. She's actually watching right now. She says if they can do it, we can do it. Maybe someday. So there you go. Gives her hope. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was curious. All right. So uh, speaking of uh, guys with the it factor, there was one guy on Sunday night that kind of just cemented the fact that he doesn't have the it factor when it comes to the playoffs, and that is Dak Prescott. Um, coming off of a very, very good showing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady, really just showing what that Cowboys offense can do when they're clicking on all cylinders. Um, a lot of people had confidence in Dak Prescott coming into this game that maybe he can turn the tides show the NFL world that he is actually an elite quarterback. But unfortunately, against the stout 49ers defense, he was unable to step up to the task, ended up throwing a couple picks. The Cowboys offense couldn't really get, get it going other than that one touchdown they scored, which they missed the extra point hilariously. Again, Brett Maher uh, missing five extra points in this playoffs. Not the best look. Um, but... Mike sent me this uh, meme slash stat slash funny story that he wanted me to share on the podcast here. It's a picture of Jalen Hurts and a Dallas Cowboys logo saying, Jalen Hurts wasn't born the last time Dallas played in the NFC title game. That means Hurts was born, grew up, learned how to play football, went to Alabama, transferred to Oklahoma, got drafted, sat behind Wentz, and got to the NFC title game all before Dallas has gotten back. For a team that is America's team, Money Mike, it is crazy how much they are talked about, it's clearly because for some reason they drive ratings for a team that just hasn't had much success, right? The Dallas Cowboys are more than a football team. They are a, a reality TV show, and it is fun every year this day because the day after that they are eliminated from the playoffs is so much fun. You get the Stephen A. Smith you know, live reaction on his Instagram page, and then he trolls everybody on ESPN first take the next morning, which is always funny to watch. Uh, cause he's the voice of all of us who just can't stand the Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, to me it's, uh, it, yeah, if I'm sick to my stomach, if I'm a Cowboys fan, you know, I was talking earlier about when it comes to the giants, how they lost in an embarrassing way on paper, but at least it was easier to take. Whereas the Dallas Cowboys always seem to just lose in a very 
humiliating fashion where they could have done so much differently. Dak Prescott played so great against Tampa Bay, and everyone's just like, oh, Dak is back. And I'm like, guys, he played against a really bad Tampa Bay team. Let's see how he does against a good team. And he was dog shit in this game against the San Francisco 49ers. I don't put any stock in the, you know, he was outplayed by Brock Purdy. It's like, he's not playing against Brock Purdy. He's playing against the San Francisco defense. And the San Francisco defense really gave him a hard time, and he just did not play well. Um, and, yeah, just it sucks to be a Cowboys fan for anybody out there that's a Cowboys fan because you just – always on paper have a really good team with really good chances. They just seem to make so many little mistakes that add up and just, it costs them at the end of the year and they can't seem to get over the hump. Uh, You know, but Dallas Cowboy fans are that team fan base that always believes that they're going to win. Um, And so they're out there already saying, well, we're going to get them next year. You know, (laughs) so the difference (laughs) between the Cowboys, the difference between the Cowboys and the Bills fan base, because I think that both fan, again, I, when I say obnoxious fans, I'm not talking about people I particularly know. I'm just saying like broad what I see on like social media and like from you can see people how they act at games. The difference between the Cowboys obnoxious fandom and the Buffalo Bills obnoxious fandom is at least the Cowboys have a good history to fall back on, whereas the Bills don't. So it's like yeah. <laughs> Money Mike taking a shot at the Bills when Nick is gone. What a coward. <laughs> but uh now, Steve, we'll go to you here next. Obviously, this game ended in probably one of the most embarrassing plays in the history of the NFL. Like Zeke Elliott lined up at center, the running back for the Dallas Cowboys, and snapped the ball to Dak. He ended up chucking it over to, what, what was it, their, their punt returner, right? Or was it C.D. Lamb? Yeah. I can't remember who it was. Uh, and, it was number nine. I don't know who it was. But... Yeah, I think it was Turpin. I think it was the punt return, and he ended up just getting leveled. And that was how the smoked season ended. Him. Yes, absolutely smoked him. And that's how the season ended. And once that happened, it was solidified that the Jaguars won this award that I'm showing here on the screen. The least embarrassing divisional round loss. That's right, Big Cat Country. We did it. But, Steve, we'll uh, get your thoughts here on how the 49ers look. Because they're the team that matters more. They're the ones that are going to be moving on to the NFC title game. How do you think Brock Purdy looks? Do you think he's going to be able to turn back around against a defense that's just as good in the Eagles defense? That's kind of the thing here. I mean, obviously Dallas's defense is is really stellar. I mean, you can't take that away from them too. They're not the reason why they lost that game. Obviously you want to do a little bit better than a rookie QB who's drafted late round, but we've seen Brock Purdy. He's, I mean, I'm not going to say he's a great quarterback, but he's a serviceable quarterback with a lot of really great weapons around him. So I actually don't think Dallas's defense is to blame for this. I think it's, clearly on the offense. Tony Pollard going down was actually huge for them because he was actually running pretty well. And we know how much of an offensive weapon he is even catching the ball for Dak during checkdowns and making plays after the catch. But I, 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 I love Brock Purdy and I do think he's one of the best stories in football right now. I don't think San Fran won because of him. And we'll get into predictions later. I think he's going to have to be that guy though, against this Eagles team. I think it's going to be really tough if, again, the Eagles team that showed up against the Giants this week faces that San Francisco defense. That's going to be the real test. But I I think eventually that Eagles offense is going to break through for at least a few plays that's going to count for something. And San Fran's going to have to put up more than, what was it, 19 points, 15 points, whatever it was against? Yeah. 19 points against Dallas. That's not going to fly against this Eagles team, no pun intended. So we'll, we'll have to see what Brock's really made of honestly this week i think it's going to be a real true test to see if he can go nine and zero as a starter 
man this uh this podcast is filled with the puns today i'm really enjoying it but uh yeah no i i completely agree with everything you just said there brock purdy is as crazy as it is as a mr irrelevant to have to be the guy next week against the eagles defense uh it's a great story and i'm sure a lot of people are going to be rooting for the niners next week to hope that story continues um all right well we'll move on to the upcoming championship games that will be coming up this weekend on sunday one of them at three o'clock, I believe it's the San Fran and Eagles game is first. And then the Kansas City Cincinnati Bengals game will finish out at 630 um, on Sunday evening. So two very exciting matchups. I do have to gloat a little bit. I have to pull a money mic and say that I was the only person on this podcast to get all four games right last weekend to the detriment of, of wait, no, I chose the Bills. Yeah, you did. You said yeah. that earlier. You, you guys never chose the Bills. God damn, now you let me come on the show. To, to start gloating and then realize that I didn't get it right? Oh, okay, honestly, well, I wasn't 100%, I was 100% sure. <laughs> I was like, maybe he did the thing where he picks the opposite team thinking that it might bring a block, but oh, I just think geez. you picked the Bills. <laughs> All right, well, I, I still think I won, I think. Yeah, you did. I, I went one to three. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> Mike the chose the – Mike, you chose the Bengals, but then you chose the Giants, the Chiefs. chose the Chiefs and the Bengals, so I got yeah. the AFC Damn, championship right. I, got, I picked San Francisco, so, yeah, I went three and one. Damn it, so I can't even you gloat. Guys, yeah, you guys tied. Drew, 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 you're just not the gloating type, okay? <laughs> let me let me let me correct let me let me let me save you a little bit. Let me gloat, because I'm more used to it and it's more my style, okay? What did I say week eight, Steve? What did I say week eight? I said the San Francisco 49ers are gonna win the NFC. I'm a little nervous about that prediction because of how good <laughs> Philly looked, but I'm gonna stick with it, and I'm going to pick the San Francisco 49ers to make me right and go to the Super Bowl and represent the NFC. Because I did call that, Drew, and that has seemed to have been playing out, you know, here. So there you go. And I also said at the beginning of the year when the Bills were the number one favorite by Vegas, I said that's not going to happen. So I know it's easy to say because it's one team out of 32. But I did call that, you know, <laughs> hey. So there. I'll, right, I'll, be right. the, I'll be the asshole who brags, Drew. <laughs> all right, buddy, Mike. I'll just let you take the first prediction. How do you think? The 49ers and Eagles game will go. Give us your final pick. I'm guessing you're sticking with your guns and you're going to go with the 49ers. But, hey, maybe you're going to prove me wrong that you're predictable. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm I'm only picking the 49ers out of pride because I really do think Philadelphia is going to win. But, <laughs> it's, uh, no, because I, I think that the 49ers defense is going to challenge Jalen Hurts and this Eagles offense more than they have at any point this year. Um, but I also think that the Eagles defense is going to present Brock Purdy with challenges that he has not seen all year. And the speed of that Eagles defense in that front really uh, disrupted Daniel Jones and the Giants. And the Giants were really clicking. So um, San Francisco hasn't lost since October. Um, and so they, you know, they're on their 12th straight win right now. So they're hot at the right time. It's just they might be running into a NFC juggernaut in the Philadelphia Eagles. But I'm hopeful, and I'm going to predict that the San Francisco 49ers defense will step up and make enough plays to put Brock Purdy in position to to win this game, and he can rely on his weapons of Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and uh, George Kittle, who's one of the most fun personalities that we have in the NFL. <laughs> I know it annoys some people, but I think he's really hilarious. So I predict that the San Francisco 49ers will prove me right and win the NFC. Um, I, I mean, I didn't predict them at the beginning of the year, but I jumped off the Bucks bandwagon pretty quick. And I said in week eight, the 49ers would win the NFC, and I'm going to stick with it. 49ers going back to the Super Bowl. All right, Steve, I'll let you pick next. Who are you going with All in right. this matchup? 
I said it in our text message group. I think if this Eagles team bring the same effort, then it's going to be a really tough test for the 49ers and Brock Purdy. I'm not saying they can't do it. Like Mike said, I just think he already alluded to it. It's going to be a really tough test to try to contain that Eagles offense and with a good Eagles defense, as we know, too. So I'm going to pick the Eagles. Um, I think it's going to be close for a little bit, maybe even into the third still be close. But I do think being in Philadelphia, that crowd, um, it's going to be loud as hell for Brock Purdy. I think that we're going to have a couple false starts, um, maybe some timeouts called that might cost the 49ers late. But I do think the Eagles are going to pull it out. It just really kind of fits the mold of what the Eagles already did for their Super Bowl run in 18. They were that number one seed that throughout the whole year, my, myself included, I definitely was one of these teams, even when they shit on the Vikings. I, I said, who have they really played so far throughout the whole year? And now we're getting down to, and they're still beating up people in the NFC Championship, just like the underdog story with Lane Johnson wearing the dog mask in 2018. It just kind of, it feels like that same Philadelphia Eagles spirit, different team, but I, so I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl, the, um, represent the NFC. All right. So Steve is picking the Eagles. Money Mike is picking the 49ers. I think I'm going to surprise some people here. So Steve, what what do people in the MMA world frequently say about their fans? They're fair weather, right? That they're fickle? (laughs) Yes, they're fickle. They're fair weather. What have you done for me lately? They don't care about what you did in the past. Before this this past divisional round weekend, everybody had the 49ers as their top power ranking team. Everybody was saying by far the 49ers were going to or were the best team in the NFL going into divisional round. A lot of people were saying that. A lot of power rankings had them at number one. Their only weakness potentially was Brock Purdy at quarterback, but he was still playing really well. The man has had one eh game against the Dallas Cowboys defense that made Tom Brady look like he was absolutely terrible the weekend before. Um, The Eagles, I know you were saying that the Eagles, even though people were saying they weren't playing anybody that strong, that they're now winning against good teams, they just beat a team that they already beat twice this season, right? Like they, they were, they, the matchup this week between the two NFC games was much harder for the 49ers than it was for the Eagles. I, I will admit that, I think. Just with the way the teams looked. I know we were feeling good about the Giants going into the Eagles game, but the, the Cowboys were looking damn good, too. Um, so I think coming into this game, this is the first really, really good opponent, top-tier opponent, that the Eagles have had this season, right? Would you guys agree with that statement? Because really, when, yeah. we, when we look at the NFL this season, the top-tier opponents are the top three teams in the, in the AFC. And then really at this point, it's mostly just been the Eagles and 49ers, and you could probably put the Cowboys there too, right? That they, they might be there. Yep. So I think this is actually the game that the Eagles need to prove that they're going to be – they're, they're actually as good as their record said they were, and they can beat a really, really good team. This is the game they need to prove that, and I actually don't think they do, and I'm picking the 49ers. All right. I hope yeah. you're right. <laughs> yeah. And I think I'm more confident about that than Money Mike is. Yeah, I, I, I'm really, like, I, I've been riding the 49ers for a while, but, like, the way they looked against Dallas, I was like, oh, man, if that's how he looked against Dallas's defense, 
if he looks the same against Phillies, Philly has a much more electrifying offense than Dallas does. So that's that's the point where I think the Philly could take it over the top. But again, it could have been one bad game and they can make some adjustments. And and you know what? This is the second time that Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy are facing off. Uh, the first matchup was in college when Jalen Hurts was at Oklahoma and Brock Purdy was at Iowa State. Final score, 42 to 41. And Brock Purdy threw five touchdowns. Jalen Hurts threw three touchdowns. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch the two of them, uh, you know, playing and leading their teams and seeing, uh, again, but I, I think that the 49ers defense might be just slightly better than the Eagles defense. And maybe even though Jalen Hurts played great against the Giants, he might still be hurting a little bit. And those 49ers defenders are much better than the Giants ones. So <laughs> could cause some issues that they just didn't see in, against the Giants. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you That's my say? thoughts. And, but I, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, I do love Brock Purdy. I will also attest that that he played a really good second half against the Seahawks, but the first half wasn't that great. Like people forget that the Seahawks were ahead at halftime. So I get that the Cowboys defense was pretty tough. And again, in all fairness, all that matters is that the second half Brock Purdy came out and that offense was electric for San Fran against the Seahawks. But for a Seahawks team that was kind of sputtering at the end, they didn't play a really great first half against a, again, a divisional rival, but I wasn't super impressed during that game as well either. <laughs> but and that's the tough thing with football, right? You get such a small sample size, so you have to make these sweeping declarations, these conclusions off of one half of football that we're talking about. And I think it's it's so crazy. It's so much easier in a sport like the NBA when they have seven games that they have to play against each other. It's like okay, we know for sure who the better team is. In football, it's it's not. We have to just. <laughs> make arbitrary takes off of minor things and kind of just convince ourselves that that's the way to go. Right. So, all right, we'll move on to uh, the other matchup this, this weekend, the AFC championship game happening at Arrowhead stadium. I know Bengals fans are upset that they have to go to Arrowhead. Um, it, it was, it was unfortunate for them, but I mean, this Bengals team has been able to overcome any obstacle that's been thrown at them so far. And here we are, uh, Steve, I'll have you pick this game first. Who do you think is going to win between the battle of Burrow and Mahomes? I, like Nick, really have liked what I've seen from the Bagels pretty much all year. Um, like Mike was saying with the 49ers, he's been on the bandwagon for a while. I was on the Bengals bandwagon also for a long time. That's not a thing about being right. I just, again, Joey Burrow, Joey B has been my guy for a while. Um I wish more than anything he was our quarterback over Kirk Cousins, just so I could have that type of swag leading the Vikings. Um, I do think this is going to be a big test. I think a lot of people are going to write the Chiefs off, not necessarily to lose automatically because of how much offensive power they have behind them, but because of the Mahomes injury. Like you said, it's going to be a talking point all throughout Sports Center the entire week. We, we are going to see him come in from a lot of people that have had high ankle sprains. It's not something you can really get over in a week. It's just kind of pain management. People, Some people are saying he's not going to play. I think they're going to, whether they have to freaking <laughs> shoot that man up with something, he's going to be out there playing in the AFC yeah. Championship game, more than likely. Probably 99% chance he plays. But it's just how effective he is. I just think that offense is going to be able to keep up, but it's just by how much. Are we going to see the... The Bengals come out and score 30 plus again on them. I would think so with how they played against the Bills. And I do think that's how it's potentially going to go. Are we going to be able to see a slightly injured 
well, more than slightly, but an injured Patrick Mahomes try to keep up. And I think that the record kind of shows being 3-0 and against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs that Joe Burrow-led uh, Bengals offense can go ahead and do it. And I think they still do it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Chiefs win. So I'm going to pick Bengals, but again, we, we saw him beat him last year in Arrowhead. One time is not a fluke, but sets a trend. And if they continue the trend, then like Nick said, I think the Bengals are the team to beat in the AFC moving forward. And they kind of upseed the Chiefs. Because even in the our first predictions week, I said that you still have to go through the Chiefs to win this AFC. And obviously that's what the Bengals have to do. And if they do it, I think they're the new perennial powerhouse. But they still have to do it. So I'm picking the Bengals. But again, with this Chiefs team and Mahomes, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Normally, I would say that if it wasn't for the Mahomes injury. I think that's how I'm sitting. The Bengals have been able to, they've seen they to have the Chiefs number as of late. And the Mahomes injury, I think, is just really pushes the Bengals over the edge in, in my mind. So I'm taking the Bengals here. Money Mike, what are your thoughts? Well, unlike Drew, I correctly predicted the AFC Championship uh, from last week. Oh, sorry, Drew. Just take a minute. <laughs> little shot. Um, Son of a bitch. Uh, and, and when I made that prediction, I, I was thinking that I was going to pick the Kansas City Chiefs to win the AFC. I thought they were uh, on a good run. They, I know they were playing in a lot of close games. As Nick said, they didn't dominate over anybody, but they were on a good run winning games. And Patrick Mahomes was looking great even without Tyreek Hill. And um, I just thought that they were going to bounce back and get back to the Super Bowl. But when he had that high ankle sprain, I had to think twice about picking the Chiefs over the Bengals here because the Bengals just look so dominant over the Buffalo Bills. And as much as I shit on the Bills, they are a good football team. So that was impressive. So I'm actually going to go against what I initially thought, and I'm going to also pick the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game and go back to the Super Bowl and meet the San Francisco 49ers. And I got to tell you, I wouldn't want to run into a team that lost the Super Bowl the year before and fought their way back because they're definitely hungry uh, to get that. And when you have Joe Cool as quarterback, uh, that proves that he can play well in championship moments. Um, that's dangerous. So I think that the San, uh, the San Francisco 49ers and the Cincinnati Bengals will meet in Super Bowl, was it 57? Two, three, three. Yeah. Six. Uh, what, no, 56. 56. 56, yeah. Wait, no, is it seven? I, it's 57. It's, it, it's right is here. It? Yeah, I think that's 57. Oh, it is 57? Right? Yeah, 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 it's 57. LV2, that has to be 57. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shows how much we know with Roman numerals. That was... That was rough, boys. Uh, but... It could be a cursive. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Money Mike, I think you switched your pick up there so that there was no way that you could beat me or lose to me in picks this week. I think that that's why you switched that up, because now you and I have the same exact picks. No. <laughs> no, I really I, – I was going to – if Patrick Mahomes was healthy, I'd pick the Chiefs, but he's not. Oh, so yeah. I – the fact that the Bengals have their number when he's a healthy Patrick means that uh, if he's unhealthy hobbling around out there, I, I, I don't – yeah, I don't feel confident in that, but we'll see. Yeah, before we wrap up, boys, I just want to say, obviously, coming in, Drew kind of already said it. Th this podcast is going to be a little sour for all of us, having three of the last eight teams in, all teams we follow in this podcast, and the fact that none of them went through, obviously a little disheartening for the podcast. So in sports, I always, if my team is not going to win, which I'm not lucky enough, like Mike, to see a lot of my teams win whatever championship it is, whether it's the Utah Jazz, Minnesota Vikings. Um, but I like to see stories in sports. And after watching all three of our podcast teams lose, I was a little disheartened. But looking back on it 
this morning, I was trying to think, there's actually a lot of really cool storylines still left to play out in the season that's kind of making me excited looking back. None of my favorite teams really are in it. I do really cheer for the Bengals now that the Bills are out. Um, but you get to see, like Mike already said, the redemption arc for the Bengals if they can make it to the Super Bowl in there. Uh, you got Brock Purdy-led 49ers. Even if they match up, say, against each other, you get to see that two quarterbacks go head-to-head. Um, if it's Chiefs-Eagles, you get to see the Kelsey brothers kind of go at it. That'd be really, really cool to see. You get to have the storyline of Patrick Mahomes made it through the Bengals while injured. It's still going to be healed, but is he going to be 100% going to the Super Bowl? At least that's something different for, again, a Chiefs team we've seen kind of has success all the way. At least that would be some type of story going in. And again, if the Eagles make it in there, they've been kind of the underdogs, even though they've been the number one seed in the NFC. Everyone said they had a cakewalk in there. And I just think if you look at it on paper, even though we're a little disheartened, there's actually some really good storylines to still kind of play out there. And, and we'll see we'll see what happens. It's really, really exciting. Steve, you are yeah. always the positive man. I really enjoy that. Right, Money Mike? Yeah, and I'm gonna take it to a negative place. Uh, I I want anyone but the okay. Eagles. I want the Eagles. <laughs> I want the anyone but the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. If the, if anybody, I'll be happy for San Fran for Brock Purdy. I'll be happy for Patrick Mahomes because he's a likable superstar. I'll be happy for Joe Burrow because he's a likable superstar. I think Jalen Hurts is a likable superstar, but unfortunately, he wears that ugly shade of green that I can't stand. So fuck the Eagles. I hope anybody but the Eagles win the Super Bowl. I'll be happy. <laughs> and, yeah. All right. Well, speak. It's a. Uh, it, uh, Paul Heyman, for all of my wrestling fans out there, I know Drew, he, uh, he's he been really hired by San Fran and been in all the promos for Brock Purdy. Anybody who knows professional wrestling knows that Paul Heyman is the advocate. Brock Purdy. Oh, that's great. I have not Brock seen Lesnar. that, but that's awesome. He, he's been oh, doing yeah. a bunch of it, and he already <laughs> stated he will be at the Super Bowl to do the introductions for Brock Purdy if he makes it. So, Purdy oh, kind yeah. of hopes San Fran makes it for that, but... Dude, that'll we'll be see. awesome. That's better than Dwayne Johnson introing the Super Bowl like last year. I, I like I like that a little better. So, speaking of superstars, we got Aaron Rodgers and uh, Kenny Pickett here. Uh, shout out to them. And I want to give a shout out to you boys because this has been a really fun season. Now that all of our teams are out of it, we can kind of just enjoy these last two weeks of NFL football that are left for us. Three more games. And then it's the black hole abyss that is the NFL offseason. I know we've got some other things to look forward to. The NBA, the college basketball. Kind of view that as, I wouldn't say, it is our offseason for this podcast. Um, so I think for the time being, let's enjoy every single week that we're able to still enjoy some NFL football. How's that sound, boys? It's uh yeah it sounds great I I'm I'm it's it's getting to that point where it's like oh no I have to figure out what I'm gonna do with myself on Sundays in the next like <laughs> a couple of weeks so we'll see what happens but yeah um you know it's always fun every year doing this show and I I, I love that we especially do it during the NFL season every single week and we have our you know prisoner of the moment reactions we have our big predictions and sometimes we sound really smart and other times we sound really dumb like. I sounded really smart when I said that San Francisco is going to go to the NFC championship game in week eight, but I sounded really dumb when I said that the Denver Broncos were going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the cold take. So they're all, they're, they're all out in the ether now, boys. They've all been posted to social media. So if anybody ever wants to go back and look at all the terrible shit that we've said in terms of predictions, they can. Um, but... Yeah. We, we, Drew and I both also said the Colts were going to be good. 
<laughs> that didn't work out, did it? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's I, not. I said it too. I did say the Broncos would be bad, but I definitely said the Colts would be a playoff contender <laughs> and upset some we people. Also, so, <laughs> all three of us also said that we were respectful to the Detroit Lions, and we were right. And the Detroit Lions beat all three of our teams, so that's <laughs> we true. We at least got that one. And speaking of beating teams, Steve, how does it feel to have the team that made, didn't make it as far as the other three on, on the show, huh? How's that feel? Ouch, oh, ouch. <laughs> we knew it was going to be one of us, whether it was Mike, Mike or I. I, yeah. I guess I was kind of thinking maybe another one of our teams would falter, so the Vikings wouldn't be the only yeah. one. But oh, man, it, I wish it was Mike, dude. I would have gave him so much more shit. Like, I just did that to you because I felt like I had to. With Money Mike, I would have said that immediately if you guys want. Damn it, I'm pissed at the Vikings now, too. No, get used to it. It doesn't get better. It only gets worse. But Drew, how does it feel that you're on equal ground in your own household? The Bills and the Jags went out the same round. That's what I I turned and told Kristen that, and she was not having it. She was not happy about that at all. And you you got the better draft pick. And we got the better draft pick. And there are some arguments I've heard. I even heard from a Bills fan today. They're like. Today, you probably feel better as a Jags fan as than you do a Bills fan. It's debatable, I'd say. I think it's debatable. We see that, we see that matchup. will probably be there <laughs> next year. I can't wait, I think, dude. I, I, think, I think for the Bills fans, I think it's disappointing from the fact that, like, for the Jags, you're starting to see a team starting to ascend, whereas the Bills have been kind of in the stationary place where they can't seem to get out of, like, they're they're good enough to be in the playoffs, in the picture, and relevant but they're not good enough to make it to that next step. And that's to get to the Super Bowl and possibly win one. So that's probably why it would probably feel better to be a Jags fan right now than a Bills fan, because you, you, the NFL has so much parity and your window of opportunity when you have good players and a good team is not that wide, unless you're, yeah. unless you're really well ran, like, you know, New England was for such a long time. Kansas city has been for the last few years. So I think Bills fans are starting to get a little nervous because year after year that they don't get it. They're about. They're afraid they're going to fall back into that pit of being like, you know, an average football team that's like that's, barely missing the playoffs, but not. They're not good enough to make the playoffs, but they're not bad enough to get like a top draft pick. So it's like that's why I think they're afraid of because they they were there for a long time. <laughs> that's what I was trying to allude to with my question, kind of. I, I was hoping Nick, like, I don't know, Bills fans. I'm not saying that next year with the same group of guys they can't go on a run because i really think they could like he said i mean i think they just really ran into a really good strong Bengals team at the wrong time but like mike said there is a window i'm not saying it's closing but i've seen seeds where like you're a top team in the nfc and like with Diggs before again i love Diggs to death i don't think i do think he was just frustrated with a hard win i don't think it's as big as the uh, thing as people are making it but when you start losing and it gets frustrating, it happens quick sometimes. <laughs> so like Mike said, I think there's another like one to two year window here where the Bills have this like really great team that they hopefully can put in a couple key factors in there and go on that run. I, I did you, hear that the Bills when are you start run losing. Into, yeah, it's an issue. But I did hear that the Bills are going to be running into some cap issues in the next couple of years. And also look, look at the how the Packers looked all those years, right? They were always winning. They were always in the playoffs. They were always getting these great playoff opportunities and they were always squandered. They only won one Super Bowl way back in 2010 when they weren't even really supposed to. And then the years when they were expected to, they didn't win anything. 
So it and, is and hard to win a Super Bowl in this league. Like it is incredible. Yeah, it is. And and here's another problem that the Bills might have. Uh, we'll see how it goes in the offseason. But the strongest teams to rumor to get Lamar Jackson if Baltimore doesn't sign him is the Jets and Dolphins. And the Jets are basically just missing a quarterback. They have a really good defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if Lamar Jackson joins the Jets or Miami, because Miami has a good roster around there, they could threaten the Bills for the AFC title next year. AFC East title, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. So like that that would be that would be concerning for Bills fans too. Is that you know because they're so uh, fixated on getting home field advantage uh, that you know is if you don't win your division anymore? you're not. I well I, I I was gonna say after this week I don't see why they're gonna be so fixated on it but you know that was Josh yeah. Allen's first home playoff loss you know a lot of times yeah. you can bet on him to win in, at home in the playoffs but that's true yeah it's uh it, again the window's small and ah uh, just. I don't I, know. I would I be nervous, like honestly, the Bills. I think it's like, funny, but that's... <laughs> as a pseudo Bills fan, like again, I think you got like next year, and then if this same mo happens and they go out in the divisional round, people start clearing house. I'm telling you, like yep. maybe not everybody, but like Josh will be there. Some core Bills players that people love on the defense and offensive side, they're gonna be gone to try to substitute to like do it. I'm. I've seen it happen. We've all seen it happen with our teams. You like to think that everyone's going to be there forever. Well, there's a lot of Vikings jerseys back there that uh, <laughs> some of my favorite players weren't there during rebuilding years because they moved on. Heartbreaking. To... Yep, it how is. Heartbreaking, <laughs> how heartbreaking would it be for Bills fans? Remember how Matthew Stafford, you know, was great for the Detroit Lions for years and years and years, and the fan base loved him. And then he left and went to a team and won a Super Bowl. How heartbroken would Bills fans be if that's what happens to Josh Allen? that he is in Buffalo for the longest time. They can't seem to win. And he loves the Buffalo Bills. He loves, you know, being in the Bills quarterback. But there's going to come a time where his, like, he, let's say four or five years down the road and they haven't won anything, he's going to want to probably chase a <laughs> ring. It's going to happen. Or max, or max contract. Like, yeah, one or the other. Money or <laughs> ring. You, usually ring, but... And then, the, then there goes your cap space. <laughs> Again, I'm not... I'm saying, like, the... Like my doom and gloom for Steve. Okay, well, it's all switched now. Now he's just like, oh, everything's falling I'm, I'm apart. just saying, because I've seen this as a Vikings fan, and I know the Bills have seen it too. I do think that the Bills really need to look. And like I said, I don't know if Odell's the, the key factor they're missing. I, I think they're pretty set on offense. One, maybe more playmaker as a wide receiver. I don't think it has to be Odell. And a few key pieces on defense, I think they're right there. But I'm just saying. Okay, Steve. Steve, I'm going to put you on the spot here. In the next three years, who has a better chance to win a Super Bowl? Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills or Trevor Lawrence for the Jacksonville Jaguars? <laughs> See, honestly, before this run, that would have been not difficult for anybody It wouldn't have been answer. a question. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> now it's a legitimate it's, question. It's closer to the Bills. It's not because of the quarterback, though. It's the coach. Doug Peterson's done it once already. So it's hard to not feel more confident in him than the combo of yeah, Sean McDermott and Josh Allen, right? That's that's a good point. Yeah, yeah it's that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and uh, see, Mike, when you were talking about Josh Allen winning a Super Bowl somewhere else, Kristen just comments, "Bro, Mike, why are you the way you are?" <laughs> <laughs> Beside with the Allen 100%, fuck you, Ian. Jesus. My man's just, he doesn't like it that the other expansion team is getting some credit and some attention, all right? No, it's not all about the goddamn Panthers. Fuck you. 
Sorry. That was excessive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we've uh, gone long enough talking about this. This has been an incredible season so far, boys. Two more weekends, championship weekend, Super Bowl weekend. Any final thoughts, Money Mike? Uh, just it's. Uh, I hope that both games are really exciting and fun, uh, and I hope we had a really exciting and fun Super Bowl. There's nothing worse than a Super Bowl dud uh, of a game. So I just hope both the championship games are exciting. I hope everybody stays healthy, like all the superstars that we'd want to see in a Super Bowl matchup. You know, th- that way we truly get the best champion. You know, we won't say, oh well, you know, Philadelphia lost because Jalen Hurts, you know, got hurt again on his shoulder, or oh, like the Bengals would have won if Jim, you know, if Chase didn't get hurt, you know, things like that. Or, oh, Patrick Mahomes' high ankle sprain. Like, I just want to see the best of the best go at it. And I think that these four teams have been really the best four teams all year long. Um, and so it's exciting to see them all there. So let's uh, let's enjoy football as much as we can. All right. Steve, you got, got anything? Left. Yeah, I think uh, these playoffs this year have been pretty good. Honestly, I think we, I mentioned this before in our group chat, but I think last year we got pretty spoiled. Honestly, we had some of the best games we've ever seen in the NFL during the time where you want those games to be played. Super Bowl was awesome. Obviously, the KC Bills game is a legend now and a bunch of good games sprinkled in. I just hope these next three games are a little bit better than some of the ones we got in the divisional rounds. I hope they're really competitive, really close, some pretty high powered offense come together. So, like Mike said, I hope it's just. Good football, Super Bowl's good, and then we all move on to next year where it'll be the Jags versus the Bills in the AFC and the Giants versus the Vikings in the AFC Championship Games, and the perfect pod will be complete. It'll be the... Oh, that would (laughs) be fantastic. Infinity Gauntlet of Podcast World, another dance sports podcast. There we go. All right. Well, I am Drew Torres. He is Money Mike Gilchrist. He is Steve, the Oracle Demblaker. I hope you all enjoy championship weekend of the NFL and take care.